space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. New life, a new civilization. Oh, we got a time lag. Ooh. I no, I have standing clips on the episode on my phone. That's what happened. <laughs> there we go. Um, I've got mute on it on mine. <laughs> greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Whenever I'm thirsty, I, I lean for a strong by myself. <laughs> I'm hoping they'll send me a crate. Yeah. If I could just throw in a few bits. And well, whoever made this uh, excellent Mexican pizza. I'd uh, go for Savignon Blanc while I'm on the air. Keeps my voice alive. I've just oh, got... and, and just cuts through any kind of like, uh, you know, imperfections in your vocal cords. I've, got, I've just got Robinson sugar-free soap. But I mean, if they want to send us some of that, that's fine. But not as exciting yeah. as what you guys have got. So, booze, me and Elliot want the booze, we've made it clear. Um, he's happened to squash down there, Captain Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They'll just send it, send it to me. Anyway... Um, we've got a bumper episode this episode because uh, we're at the Sci-Fi Weekend next week, um, so we won't be doing our regularly scheduled episode, so we've decided to bunch everything together. So we've got three episodes to talk about. We've got the finale of Lower Decks. Yeah, I was just going to say, are they also going to get next week, finally, uh, their Galaxy Quest episode recorded from Squeefest? Yeah, we've got to put... We're gonna um, when we're done, we go out for Wednesday. If Doctor Squeeze sends sends me the video, I will line that up to go out at half six on the YouTube channel on Wednesday, and we can also release that on the podcast. We can. Depends on if I've still got the video. For, I, mean, I could probably cut it, but yeah, yeah, I'll have a look. We'll sort it. We so you may or may not get an episode next week, but don't worry, we will be back the week after. Who are going to the weekender get a live show. Get an exclusive live show where we're talking about when Trek goes wrong, aka the Voyager episode The Fight. That's the that's the one I've made all my notes on. I can easily talk for an hour on that one, so I hope you guys have got some material. I think we need to talk about this because because at one stage we were doing three episodes. Then you said, "Oh, the people have voted for these other three episodes." Now you're saying <laughs> that one. I, I'm confused. I don't know what we're covering. All I'm saying just, is, I've I'm always said, <laughs> I've always said we're covering the fight. I've got hours of material on it. If you guys want to jump in with other stuff, I've really struggled. For I'm doing sub If I've definitely. got time, I will be uh, premiering my new Star Trek cosplay. At the event. There we go. Which no, I am I, I, I'm sewing. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't match that, but I am. I'm doing sub rosa, so it's uh, Beverly getting a ghost crush on. Yep. Which is going to yeah, be nothing yeah, wrong with a bit of ghost. And it will be more it, fun. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's only two examples in mainstream media that I can think of of ghosts and human sex. Uh, there's the uh, BJ scene in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and that episode of Star Trek Next Generation. That's it. That's the pantheon of ghost human I sex. I can think of another, but I don't think I'll, I'll mention it on here. No. no, 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 not excluding. He is the same from Exorcist. 
Yes, yes. That's not ghost, no, though. Not ghost. And That's she's doing ghost. it to oh, herself. Oh, but it's the same sort of thing. Yep. It's a... No, no, no. I was very clear what I was after. I was after ghost human sex. None of this perverted possession stuff. No, and that's it. It's a demon, it's not a... human ghost sex. Anyway, let's not worry about that. Um, so, yes, we're looking at the finale of Lower Decks, which was called The Stars at Night, and then we've got the first two episodes of Season 1.5. It's totally not Season 2, guys. Don't call it Season 2 for legal reasons. Of Star Trek Prodigy. We're going to talk about them as well. Yeah, it... Let's be honest here. Like, see, the first half of season one was almost a year ago. So I can't see why it isn't called season two. I have no and idea. It's ten, epi- it's ten episodes, which is the format they decided for a season as the new Star Trek going forward. I suspect what happened is because Nickelodeon wants more content for kids... They said, yeah. right, a season order is 20 episodes. And so officially it's season one, but they've just released it in three batches so far. So, uh, do we think in future uh, yeah, we're going to get budget season two, part one, and then season two, part two, etc., etc., etc.? Well, we just don't know. I mean, the first time we got five episodes, second time we got five, this time, who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... I am. Um... <laughs> There was another TV show, I can't remember which one, but someone was talking about this exact same thing. They said it's like, um, yeah, recorded all the episodes. A year later, we recorded some more, but apparently it's the same series. Oh, it's in Practical Jokers. And apparently they get paid a little less if they do it that way. So there are some budgetary things they might Yeah, have it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. But anyway, we won't worry about it. We're talking about two of the episodes. Yeah. So the stars at night then, we had a lot of theories last week. Some of them we turned out to be right. Some of them we didn't. Um, so we were we were right about Admiral Buenamigo being a badmiral. We were right about um the like them being behind the ship and everything like that. We were wrong about there being anything going on more with Mariner. Turns out Freeman just was being a bitch to her last week. Yeah. And, and also so, acting in a very convenient way for the plot in the way she doesn't yeah, explain things. So, yeah, that was bad right then. We did say well, that we'd the, kind of put a pin in it, it last week and see, the, see if the other shoe dropped, but it didn't drop. So all the criticisms we had last week about Freeman's behaviour were completely legitimate. Um, so yeah. go back and listen to that if you want to hear why we thought that was really bad. But this episode in and of itself... Um, great season finale, I thought. Really, really good fun. Beautiful. Yeah, it tied up a it tied up a storyline. Mm. But stra- strangely, this is the first season finale of Lower Decks that doesn't have an obvious what the first episode of season four is going to be. Yeah, very true. No setup. Right? Where, yeah, where it's sort of like because we've had that actual cliffhanger mm. season finale for us two seasons. Very old school, this tied up a season. I like the way, though, that they are mixing that up and it's not going to become predictable. Like, yeah. oh, they, they've done it to be continued. Yeah. They're going to do that every season. I like that they've got the freedom to play around with it and go, no, we're going to finish yeah. this season on a high and Hello? then... 
I like, think there is an Easter egg in there at the end. There is. That might get a... continued with the um, established character, which gets mentioned. I don't want to. Yeah, there's a post-credit scene, um, but yeah, but well, yeah, I, the... I, I no, think... I meant the um, the other bit, the uh, bit where it's the uh, where their funding's coming from. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, I wonder. I I, I think it felt like that was yeah, but setting it up keeps the same as like yeah. where end of season two, Captain Freeman got arrested. It isn't the same as season one yeah. where they were getting destroyed by packwoods and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very different season finale. Yeah, it is. How we've done it this time. It oh, is, yeah, definitely. There's no ideas in that season, yeah. that cliffhanger. But I think this is a, shows how confident they are in what they're doing that they don't need to do a season finale to draw people back in anymore. The show has established itself that. Yeah, we can tie things up at the end of season three, but because we know you are going to be back for season four for new stories, mm. not to hear what the next part of a story that's going on. Yeah, and I'd also add that I, I think this really demonstrates this episode, what I've been saying all through the series. They've really concentrated on character development, and you know, it, even at the expense of jokes. Sometimes, I mean, the jokes are thick and fast still. But if they've got a scene where they actually want to do a serious bit of character development, they might pepper in a joke here or two, but they can do that. They've, they, You know, they, when they yeah. um, first did Frasier, the spin-off from Cheers, they said that uh, they had to not worry if there was a page without jokes. It, it was okay. You can have a real moment. Mm. And it's exactly the same here. This, that's why I think this one, the, they've really nailed what Lower Decks is this series. They kind of already had a very strong idea. But I think they've yeah. re- mm. refined away some bits which didn't feel like Star Trek in the humour. Yeah, they've sort of like they really know what the what they are. Yeah, yeah. So it all and just just also <laughs> heartfelt at the end. Sorry, sorry, Jim. No, no it's alright. So it, it all kind of pivots around the Texas class that we got introduced to last week, and they have uh, like a briefing with all the admirals, which is in the briefing room from Star Trek Six, which was a nice little little touch there, and they fairly quickly decide, right, we're going to scrap all the California class. Don't tell anyone, it's top secret. And then straight away, you've got Tendy coming in saying, I found out from the Romulans, Barbers, Second Cousins, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> Vedic. <clears throat> I know Vedic's in there. <laughs> yeah. And there's a good line um, where somebody, oh, it's when Rutherford's looking at the code and he's going, oh, this is really impressive. And like, stop being impressed with the thing that's stealing our job. And <laughs> I feel like that that's a little bit of social commentary dropped in there, you know, and you can relate that to everything from the Industrial Revolution to the self-checkout counters that you that get. That was the one which runs um, to my mind. Yeah. yeah, so I like that there was a, a little dig there. We didn't linger on it too long, but they did drop it in. And this leads to Boimler doing impressions of the crew. Now, I don't know. Is that Jack Quaid doing them voices or have they used the voice actors? Because if it is Jack Quaid doing the voices, that they were brilliant impressions. Like, he really got... Because the one which he does at... Um, oh. The commander, commander, Ransom. The second commander, Ransom. The one of Ransom, 
I couldn't tell if it was him or not, but the other ones, like, I, it sounded like there was just enough so I could hear the difference. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, his one like, of uh, Joe Connell's great. Jack Wade. Yeah, which, if it is, yeah. well done. <laughs> it was a very good impression. And this really upset, upsets Shaxx, and he runs off crying. Bless him, he's been through a lot of Shaxx. I love, I love Shaxx. He's, he's so just... Um, so cool and strong, and just I love it when he just like uh, just completely melts apart because of something. Yeah, because <laughs> his, his feelings are hurt. It's great. And meanwhile, Mariner's having fun playing Indiana Jones, and she's stealing the Ferengi idol and everything. And yeah, uh, obviously, them articles come out every week. Lower lower decks Easter eggs, but. I would be very surprised if there's anyone watching Star Trek who needed that reference pointing out to them. Which well, I will, I, I will add to that though that um, that was obviously there from Indiana Jones, which George Lucas was involved with. Uh, obviously, he's his most most famous for uh, Star Wars. Like the, it just seems a weird, a weird tangential crossing mm. the stream somewhere there. Yeah. Which you don't usually get, you know, uh, Star Trek commenting on. And also, like, you know, Indiana Jones is owned by Disney now. So it's like, oh, I'd be very wary of putting anything that could be linked to Disney in any of my shows because they'd be like, oh, no, they're going to sue us. What are you but, on about, James? Paramount Plus is going to crush them any day now. Absolutely. Yeah. What I particularly <laughs> like about Paramount Plus, it, no, two things I like. Um, I, I really like the fact that they've now brought back the continue watching feature, but that instead of taking you straight to the episode you were watching, you have to take note of it because when you press, press play now, it takes you to the main menu screen for the show and you have to go manually find your episode, which I know, yeah. hashtag first world problems, but just get it fixed. And the other thing I really like is that after I watched Prodigy this week, it decided to go straight into an episode of SpongeBob. So now I've got SpongeBob on my continue watching. And I don't know how to get rid of it. Someone comes around, have you got kids? Uh, no. Look, what happened was... <laughs> at first I thought it were a really weird post credit scene. Like I was like, oh, Prodigy done her post credits. This this looks really strange. And then I was like, what? Why SpongeBob? On? Anyway, crossover episode. So Paramount Plus, we we appreciate you, and and you are trying. You are trying, but but the the actual user interface needs a it, bit. Of it work needs on a it. tweak. Also, a skip credits button, please. Yeah, like. I'll be honest, we're, we're re-watching Cheers at the minute. I'll never get tired of the Cheers intro, so that's fine. But when I'm re-watching old episodes of Star Trek, sometimes I want to skip the credits. Believe it or not, I've seen those credit sequences before. Anyway, that's <laughs> fine. If anyone watching does skip the Cheers theme tunes, let me know, and we've got problems. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Crimes against humanity. And, yeah, this is the, the other thread that you alluded to them, where it's Mariner thinks that the archaeologists have been secretly funded by something nefarious, and obviously at the end we find out that it isn't. But um, Oh, I thought Mariner was so going to slap her just when she said it's like, uh, oh, silly, don't be worrying about the... What do you know about finances anyway? You don't have money. Yeah, yeah. 
you, you're exactly waiting for her to talk or what? Money. But I yeah, think... she, she's lamp people for less, you know. I think that's like sort of a almost like a subtle arc, isn't it? That's going on because Mariner. She's kind of got what you thought she wanted, which was to break away from it all and have total independence. But as we find out by the end of the episode, it doesn't really suit her. And things like that are hints of it. You know, there's little bits of friction and she suspects something's up and everything. So it is quite subtly done, really. Um, And then Freeman basically challenges the Texas class to a race, a second contact race, which, okay, it's a good setup for the episode, but it does make you wonder, like, have Starfleet just got, right, we need a race. Oh, actually, we've got these six planets that we've actually not done anything with that we were meaning to do something with, so we no, might as well let you race they them. They've to the same planets. I know they do. So three planets, then. But you know what I mean? Why why haven't these missions been done already? Why couldn't they just save them for a special race? Also, if if they're both constructing the stuff at the same time, what, they get two things? Like, you know, two sets of radio towers and stuff? Maybe they just do half of it. Maybe, yeah. No, they've got two sets of everything. Oh, well, these planets are going to be very happy there. Bloody Federation. We had loads of land until they came and gave us all these. (laughs) Oh, I did love the one where they've got, uh, when they went to the planet and it's the guy that goes like, oh, it's going to be so cool, it's going to be so cool. You know, they don't beam down with them or anything. Yes. Oh, that's that's rad. They can't hear you. You might might just see a little speck and that'll be the ship in orbit. Where that was like the, like, to be fair, if, this would be, if it wasn't that we were doing Prodigy as well, and we were looking at episodes to link in, and have linked in the DS9 episode with the phasing planet. Oh, we've already done things. it. Have we? Yeah, we did it, Meridian. Oh, Meridian, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because there's, there's a very, we, we complained about having to do it, because the reason we did it is because there's a little log at the start that says Starfleet has decided that we can explore the Gamma Quadrant again. And that, effectively, we decided is the Federation declaring war, so they deserve everything they get from that point onwards. And it's just a throwaway line in a really bad episode, but we had to cover it, so there we go. It's part of the Dominion War. Yeah, but that's where the Brigadoon planet comes from. Because we've been uh, very uh, in-depth in our Dominion. We have, to the point of covering Meridian, which you really don't need to cover Meridian. (laughs) And we definitely don't need to cover it again. And just wait until we get to the episode where it's uh, Jake... There's too many Jake reporting on the war stories. Those bring it down for me. I like the Jake and Nog ones once he gets into Starfleet, because it's like they've got some good friction between them. But yeah, that... yeah. Oh no! Oh, there's war happening here. I'm so sad. Like Jake, it's Jake at his worst. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, they never quite got oh, a handle on Jake, we'll did be they? Covering them all. <laughs> so the crew, though, is incredibly motivated, and to the, but Doctor Tanner's got one of them riding crops, like the guy out of Star Trek Three, yeah. which I thought was good fun. And Ransom's teaching everyone how to sit down, like Riker. <laughs> And even Chloe got that. We were watching it and she was like, oh, that's because our freight sits on the chairs. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. And then the Texas class, 
when it shows Admiral Buenamigo controlling it, it's the interface from the Ultimate Computer, the TOS yeah. episode. The M, is it the M5? The M5, yes. I thought that was yeah. a really nice I little touch. That was a really nice touch. And I like yeah. that he pulled out Which a big... Which is also the computer from uh, Gary Seven. Yep. <laughs> and it's also from... Oh, it was used quite a lot, was that prop? No, yeah, it's a good prop. Uh, and I like that he's got a big stogie. <laughs> Just randomly. Does it also appear in um, what a little girl's made of? It might well have done, yeah. I mean, they, they, <laughs> did, they did use it multiple yeah, it times. Good, it was an expensive prop in the 60s. Yeah. It used a lot. It had a few LEDs in it. <laughs> exactly. And then we Is, get... Are you calling it a slag? It sounds like you're calling it a slag. It's had quite a few LEDs in it. It has. <laughs> It was a slag, it was all over. Look, we're not... Exactly we it. are not <laughs> slut-shaming 60s props. Come on, we're, we're better than that. Exactly, that's all I was saying. So, um, Tendy then, she's the one really who cracks the case, isn't she? She's like, we've got to do more scans for life and the Texas class doesn't and that's what ultimately yeah, leads yeah. to its undoing. I have no problem with it, but it's, it's such an obvious setup as well. It's like... Scan for life forms. Ah, oh, there's nothing there. Don't worry, kid. It happens all the time with these planets. And she goes, I was sure it was there. You know that's going to come back oh, again. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's but she also goes, yeah, you you often get this because of the um, transphasic radiation. It plays hell's, hell with the uh, tricorders. Yeah, uh, but, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's the fact that there wasn't any life, but they should have done the scan anyway, and that's yeah, the yeah. that's why you need the human yeah. element rather than the Texas class turned up and being the stuff down full stop. Yeah, yeah. It also reminds me of when she was saying about uh, the radiation preventing them being able to scan it properly. Mm. Uh, just so reminded me of that episode of TNG we shared, we watched the other week, and it was like uh, they kept on blaming they couldn't scan because of the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sort of radiation, and they blamed everything on that. Yep. Well, it happens a lot. It's one of yeah. them regular things. Transphasic um, radiation, it'll get you every time. And <laughs> That's then, never true word spoken. And then I didn't expect the Rutherford stuff to tie in so much to this plotline, but we do get oh, we do get the resolution to that now. So it was Buen Amigo who stole his designs, and uh, it well, was all a, the a, way through. He keeps looking at this code and he yeah. goes, "There's something about this. There's something about this." And and it's uh, Lieutenant Commander Buen Amigo, isn't it? I oh yeah, back when place. he's yeah yeah. I love to see him. Love to see him younger and. Still, even though it's just an animation, just seeing the next generation uniforms yeah. when they yeah. don't usually wear it on this show, it always seems special when they wear an outfit from one of the other shows on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, it turns out he set them up not just for what happened last week, but for DS9 as well, and it has all been a plot to make the California yeah. class look bad. And I like his motivation for it, which is, well, when you get promoted to Admiral, there's not really anything else you can do, so... It's <laughs> so hard to stand out. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it, the way that he's uh, spun this web for uh, the whole uh, uh, Low Decks crew for the last series, it's kind of like in James Bond uh, in the Daniel Craig years, where they keep on tying mm. everything together as the films go on. It's great. I think this works slightly better than some of that did. 
but I wasn't going to say that, but like we were all thinking it. It's just, uh, I mean, we won't spend hours on it, but it, I mean, it was clearly because they didn't have the rights to Spectre when they made Quantum of Solace, so they made up this new organization. But then it's sort of retconned. Or they're part of Spectre. So it's like, well, why is there a secret organisation within a secret organisation? <laughs> because you can never be too careful about your secret organisations. No, why. obviously not, yeah. <laughs> you, it's like an inception of secret organisations. Now... We will ask our Oscar when he gets the tap on the shoulder. Ah, we will, he yes. Yeah, our nephew <laughs> is... Um, connected he's going to be getting a tap on his shoulder to go work for somebody or, or he could be anyway but or we will we will say we will say no more we will say no more on an open channel anyway now <laughs> i've got a really deep cut what i think is a deliberate visual reference but i'm willing to accept that it's not when it shows all of the Texas-class ships lighting up and there's just a bit of red light and they come on, that reminds me of the bit in Superman 3 when Ross Webster oh. turns on all his missiles and you see all the missiles uh, lighting up. As soon as I hadn't related to it until you said Superman 3 and I get it straight away. Oh, so I'm glad... I missed the beginning of what you were saying. So Which bit was the... When it shows all the Texas-class ships lighting up and it's just yeah. like a red light and yeah. they come on, visually, that looks very much like in Superman 3 where they arm all the warheads. And, and yeah. the thing that makes yeah. me think it may be deliberate is because, effectively, we've got it's the same thing here. Do shit like yeah. that. Because <laughs> we've got... We've got, in Superman 3, it's Ross Webster and he's got a silly joystick and he's controlling his missiles. And in this, it's Admiral Buenamigo and he's controlling his starships. So, it's a weird-ass yeah. reference, but... I, oh, I, I, I do love the, the fact that they've now got to the point where they're bringing references from other media. So, it was, I think, the last couple of series, it was main, certainly very mainly uh, Star Trek references. Yeah. I didn't get a lot from, from outside. Now they've started to chuck in Pepper and a few others from my But the thing is, like, if you're going to reference Superman, Superman 1 or 2, you might expect, but Superman 3, that's a deep cut. Yeah, you, you say this, if I was in the writing stuff, I'd be going, right, what deep cuts weird shit can I stick in here? Oh, yeah, so <laughs> like, right. there's there's three another, people. We haven't there. got to it yet, but there's another deep cut that I've noticed later on. Right. And also, can I also just point out, since we're talking about the ships, um, I love the fact that Elliot where we uh, we've got the same background it looks like it's a fleet behind us yeah. <laughs> like it doubles up him. <laughs> and i will admit i just nicked the one which uh, elliot had put into the room because i was kind of running a bit late tonight fair enough um yeah. so yeah so mariner finds out it's picard who's been funding the archaeologists which makes perfect sense um we were wondering when we watched picard like what does he do with all you know what's going on with this why does he bother running a vineyard? And so clearly he's making profit off of it and funding an archaeological thing from his yeah, vineyard. It's perfect. The, the idea that um, it, it's because it's archaeology, of course, that's mm -hmm. his, one of his main passions. So, of course, he's going to fund it. Yeah, I but, really like but, that. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the battle. They get the ships to chase them. And Shax finally gets to well, eject the walker. Well, 
before this, we get um, Rutherford realizes mm -hmm. that it's his code, and it sort of awakens all his sort of memories. Yeah. He has a spark as he realizes, hold on, this is my code from years ago before my accident. I I created this. Can I also throw in just one one thing also? What, sorry, just came to me after we were moving off the subject, but with Picard funding the archaeology research, and you've got the woman who's with Mariner is dressed kind of like Vash was when she was going on exploring. Mm. And Picard's the link here. He got, like, obviously he's been passing on fashion tips. Yeah. He's known from Vash that you have to go outside the system to get things done. The Vash connection's all over this, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Let's That'd be cool if they brought Vash back. Oh, that'd be awesome. And if they this can... is Vash's sure. daughter. Ooh, maybe it's not yeah. just Ooh. Vash's daughter, if you know what I mean. Ooh, so it's Q's daughter. Could <laughs> oh, be. Oh, sorry, no, no, Picard. Again. Oh, it could be either. No, there'll be, be a room for loads of few jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Why do the Texas-class ships have a view screen? Because we keep seeing it from the Texas class's perspective. But I think why would an automated ship? That, because it's Starfleet and it has to, even though it's automated, it has to be built ready for a crew. Yeah, okay. And that a crew could man it. I'm going to go with omniscient narrator. So the cameraman can just, the camera can go where it goes. Yeah, okay. I think because it's a Starfleet ship because it's built. In the same design and all that, source uh, engineering section to themselves. It's typical Starfleet design. And I think it has the bridge and all that, so it can be crewed. So, yeah, they can be crewed or automated. Yeah, it, that makes sense. Maybe have, yeah, a bit like... Um, oh, what is it? From The one from Voyager, when the, the Doctor goes back to... Oh, Pathfinder. the Prometheus. Prometheus class, where... You have the set. It, the ship can go automatic into three sections, mm -hmm. but it's still built with a crew in mind. I've got another one, another sort of. It's kind of along the same lines, but it could also be if they transport people sometimes. So it doesn't mean that it's yeah. functional for making decisions. But you know, if you've got some yeah. animals that are going somewhere, they get one of these automated ships. Yeah, yeah, they're not not fulfilling a role on it. They're just getting to where they're going. Could so be. I think they're sometimes used to transport people as well. That's my. So it's along the same lines as Elliot's, but yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll go with it. It's just one of them things, like, it's a cliche when you get artificial intelligence and it's got things that it wouldn't have. Like, there was an episode of The X-Files, thing with Ghost in the Machine from season one, where it's a building run by an AI, and, and it's an evil AI. But in order to show us that the AI's plotting things, it'd show, like... An empty room and a view screen had come on and you're like, well, why does the computer need a view screen? It's not looking well, at it. It knows like in, all that that's stuff. That's like in Knight Rider. Anytime Kit was doing anything, it still used its screens that Michael looked at even when it was an old True, pilot. true. Someone also raised the point once, uh, it was a comedian panel as well, uh, in every King Kong film, the, the thing they, every time they managed to do wrong is they've got this massive door just big enough to fit for Kong to get loose and only like and a little door within. Why not just make the little door? Why make it large <laughs> enough for him to get yeah. to escape? 
Why are you well, giving him that? Well, get Kong in in the first place. Yeah, but you build around him, don't you, when he's in a cage? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew someone would come up with that, but that's, yeah. It's a very good that's question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Shaxx and his warp core. This is great how he's... Like, it, it wraps up the arc with Boimler because Boimler's the one who's like, no, let's listen to Shaxx. And just the way he's running down the corridor and everybody's cheering him on and everything. It was yeah. It, it, it just just the, the, the pride and joy in his face. Yeah. Like, really? Seriously? You're going with one of my ideas? Oh. And it's just it's it's, it's idea. Yeah, I've been time. waiting to do now, this for this years. Is a better dream than Tuella will ever have. No. He wants to reject the walk car. And he I, I gets to. It's kind of taking the piss out of that thing of like uh, that. That is kind of a go-to on Star Trek. It is, like, yeah. Well, at least mentioned like it options in it, and it's like he and even Freeman goes. He always says eject the warp car. Whatever. Yeah, that and I, I feel like it's a bit of a dig at the the thing that Worf's ideas are always turned down as well. So it's your security chief, and they finally yeah. agree <laughs> with one of his yeah. ideas. I didn't think about that. You're totally so right. Yeah. Because Wolf gets agreed with like twice in seven yeah, years. Yeah, there's great <laughs> videos. Like, if you look them up on YouTube, there's these brilliant videos where it's just Wolf getting told no over and over and over and over. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we get a really rousing finale then. So Marina turns up to save the day and she brings all the California-class ships. Oh, and- that's the bit. Oh, it's it's when it's like uh, when he starts reading out all the names and you see them yeah. all appearing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like when I watched Mar- it twice and twice it's got me tearing up that moment. It's like Mariner turns up and uh, Freeman goes, Get out of here. And she goes, It's okay. I brought I brought help and the first one comes out. And Freeman goes, One Cali class isn't isn't enough it, to take on a Texas class, it'll get destroyed. Yeah, no, that's why I brought them all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, when it, really when good. When at speed name all the places yeah, and they yeah. just all appear. And it genuinely feels just like any of those big kind of armada scenes in yeah. Star Trek. It, it, it does, but it just feels like so this is so great. There's so many of them. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it, it's it's so heartwarming at the same time. And I love the fact that when you see on all the ships, they get to have some fun. So like, and one of them, it just looks like them, but as flies. Well, we've we've seen that crew before. What a time, please. Tell it's me a call time. to an earlier episode. Yeah. I can't remember which one of them. No, I can't, but I, we I, have I, seen I, that crew. And, and I'll be honest, I've had things going on this week. I've not had time to check back no, no. like I would normally. But yeah, it's yeah, but it's it, great. I also love the uh, one with it's all the um, what are the blue people called? The um, bullions. Bullions. And he's going like ready to kick some ass. Like yeah. just these little. Look, and he's got right to stand straight away on yeah, the chair. Yeah, he stood yeah. up on the chair, yeah. But it just makes you, makes you think of all those times where you've got, like, you know, different people coming with their different cliched lines and everything. Well, this reminded me of um, the TNG episodes, the one where Worf's going through the different dimensions. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, and you have all the Enterprises show up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very similar visually, yeah. Uh, so it all wraps up then, and 
this Vulcan character gets introduced. Now, again, I've not had a chance to go back and check, but is this one of the Vulcans from that episode where they had a Vulcan crew? I thought to begin with, but it, she doesn't seem to recognise her. Or no, maybe not. Any, so I don't think it is, because that's my. That was my. Thing. That's what yeah, I thought. That's but I was thinking about that chance to go back. No, so we'll we'll check that out. But that was my first thought. And Mariner and Freeman do have a chat, and I feel like yeah. Mariner is way too gracious here like i mean it's good that she wants to make it up but she immediately says like oh no i give you loads of reasons to not trust me and everything it's like i get that you want to make up with her but you'd be entitled to be a bit of a better apology than that yeah i was the same way when i first watched it but when i second watched it i did feel that it was it w- it was almost like you know the satisfying thing in the moment would be for her to react like oh come on you did treat me pretty shit, but the bigger thing which they went with was the idea that she's grown that she's all the that way through the last series she she's never deviated from that from that kind of feeling of being and, yeah I don't know if and then she just thinks she's wrong though she's doing all the getting back with Tandy and Boimler. And Boimler goes, look, I'm sorry, I didn't believe, trust you and all that. And she goes, look, no, no, I think I would, I can understand why you did this and I'm not going to give you that time. But she ignores Jennifer. Yeah. She, um, Jennifer sat there and she walked straight past her. In that, that one, I and think, I is think worse. she's the one that she's hurt. That didn't yeah. trust her. That should. Yeah, have. yeah. I, I think over, over a time with her friends, she, like she says, she has done some stuff which has led them to perhaps think mm-hmm. the worst of her in these circumstances. So, like they've got that. She doesn't have any of that. She just treated like her like shit. She yeah. done nothing but kind of yeah. trying to uh, grow through their relationship. So I could get why she'd be mad at her and not at the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love the fact that it was like when Boyna was going, it's like when Boyna got called a baby bear by... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. mate. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. part of the bear pack now. Oh, that was so sweet. And Boyna so said, are you now my bridge buddy? <laughs> yeah, baby bear. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we've got all of that to look forward to next season. But the post-credits Good sting things. then. The now, return. Who, now, who like me used to watch Night Rider a lot? Uh, yeah, I've seen a few Night Riders in my time. <laughs> Did this remind you of the car episodes when car gets destroyed? Oh yeah. And then you just have car flashes at the end. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I have seen the uh, post credit, but I only watched it the first time. I forgot about it this time watching it back. Can you remind me what happens in the bit? The post credit well, is have... Badgie. 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 So from the Texas class that's blown up, you have it comes off and there's a little bit of computer and Badgie flashes on it. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. a personality, so... which I think is going to link into... <laughs> Like the evil computer depository somewhere. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. It, 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 it There's absolutely that. no reason for the evil computer depository without it becoming a major storyline. Oh, no, they've got to go you with that. It's going to come back. I, I thought it might have come back with a sort of buddy buddy thing between uh, the Jeffrey Coombs one and the other one from for, uh, Peanut Butter Hamper. 
Yeah. Um, but n- yeah, now now we've seen this. It's too much of a coincidence that you get this. And yeah, then it's definitely building to like AI computer with batteries survived. Somehow. Exactly. We're, yeah, we're th- building those two things cannot be coincidence. No. We're building to a, a coalition of evil computers, aren't we? So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm in. Right, so we better crack on because we've got two episodes of um, Prodigy to talk about. And Sorry, the f- I've got a couple more cans of cider. We're good. We're good. The first yeah. one up then is Asylum. And we start with like this underwater adventure where they're saving a whale, which I thought's a nice, a nice throwback to Star Trek IV. But also, yeah. they're in this like submarine vehicle, which reminded me of the jellyfish ship of Spock in Star Trek two thousand nine. Like yeah, design it wise, me a bit of uh, the uh, Phantom Menace. Oh well. yeah, the Bongo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. You oh, well, we can ask Brian Blessed about it again. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. be reminded of the the Phantom Menace well, if it's at all avoidable. Submarine. Okay, shall we go with uh, the Voyager episode where where they're on the water planet? Yeah, and also the the aliens swimming it. about looked a little bit like the trailers for the upcoming Avatar two as well. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they've preempted James Cameron well, here. Very much like. Um, Sinkies. Yeah. How they look how they looked in the comics of what you'd buy, not of what you actually got, but what <laughs> you advertised you were getting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I also did uh sorry, just because we're on the subject of Wales, uh there's a bit there's a line later on which uh Janeway says about oh it would be it's easier than uh, catching a space whale. It's like is that easy? I mean, like I, I don't think we've really seen space whales that much in in Star Trek. Well, they caught it pretty the easily. They just kind of beamed it up. Yeah, just say yeah, I, I have to get swallowed. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And running throughout the episode, then we've got that Gwen's starting to remember things. Um, obviously by the end of the episode we get the big reveal of she remembers about the virus a little bit too late but never mind and (laughs) they arrive at DS13 and you've got this guy on his own and it's a shame he didn't have a parrot alarm clock yeah, I, I wish they'd made him the same guy and then how. <laughs> like, yeah. It's left up to our imaginations how he's, he's in both time zones. I'd well, like him to be just this immortal does, guy. If it was lower decks, I think they would have. Yeah, just made him but look the same. isn't like that. Prodigy no, isn't that sort of humour. No. You're right, you're right. I, uh, but I, I'm always... I think I just like a guy on a space station on his own. There's something about this setup which, yeah. which I find very enticing. This guy was great as well. And it's just uh, they managed to play the same joke twice, but from both sides. So it's like, mm. uh, oh, don't worry. We'll definitely have you on. Uh, oh, no match found. And yeah. then they get the other way around. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, but you're never going to find me on this system. Yeah, we've got a match. Yeah. It's, the same, yeah. it's the same joke, and it works both times. And Genius. that's cool. They It's adding layers to everything, because we've got... They want to go back to Starfleet anyway, so they want to join it. But we've got the fact that they can't because of this weapon on the ship. But now, added to that is, but Starfleet knows who Dal is, so there's... They've yeah. given them a, it, a personal motivation what, to want it as well now. When he goes through it, it doesn't tell him what species no. he is. It just says contact Starfleet. 
Yeah, and that's the other it. thing is the other thing which didn't annoy me though. Look, if this was low decks, I'd say fair enough. But when the guy goes, oh, I don't do the paperwork. I'll just put you down as mis- or, you know uh, other. Yeah, just, none of the above or whatever. Yeah, come on, yeah. You're, you're fucking Starfleet. Fuck up your game, mate. <laughs> I know, I know you're there on your Starfleet on your your uh, space station. Well, I think that's right. what it is. It's because he's on his own that he just can't be asked anymore. That's he's it. I like think. I'm I think... sorry, I want that man on report. And he even does uh, allude to the fact that it, it's affected his mentality, Look, being on his not, own. If it's not Lower Decks, I want a moral like uh, reckoning for his laziness. I want him to be yeah, at I least think... uh, you know, reported for this. I think that is a thing, though, that not just in Lower Decks and Prodigy, but like with the guy with the parrot in Discovery and everything, like, we are starting to see that when you're not on the featured hero ships in the main series. There are some people in Starfleet who just phone it in a little bit. You know, they're not all the greatest people in the world. When you said that, did you just list a guy with a parallel clock? Because he was bloody dedicated. You're right, sorry. person posted on this space station? Uh, don't know. And he, and he does allude to the fact that it is affecting him mentally being on his own for so long. And surely Starfleet should realise that. In that case, by the and end of the episode, I want Starfleet Medical to be talking to him. And yeah, I mean, and he was a bit callous when he said it's, um, oh, uh, is there room in the skateboard? Not for... for Saboteurs, ah, yeah. So that, again, that didn't seem very stuffy. Yeah, me. maybe that's maybe, maybe this guy's just a bit of an asshole, and that's why they've put yeah. him out on his own. On then he needs to be out of Starfleet. That's what, what species is he? I'm not sure. Because I bought first cat. Adastian and Emblematrian. You know, because of the first mm. bridges going right round. Mm. I thought Look, it, it reminded um, me a little bit of Doctor Flox, but I, not mm. quite. So yeah, not sure. I'm just saying when I first uh, joined uh, the academy as a cadet, uh, we had better standards back then than, than yeah. this guy. But I, I I do think it's very strange that he's out on a on a deep space station on his own. That it is a bit strange. I mean, it, it, genuinely, it might be that all this is. There is something that they'll pay off with this. I, I don't think so. I get the feeling it's just meant to be maybe the it's from a way to go after them, but just from a a plotting kind point of view, you need to manufacture the situation where our crew are stuck on the station. So you need to only have one escape pod. So if we had a big crew, there'd be more escape pods. So. Yeah. It, for for convenience sake, it's easier to manufacture this situation. Also, maybe the fact they've made him less sympathetic character is meant to be so that when the space station blows up, we don't go, well, yeah, I mean, okay, there was no one else on board who got harmed, which I I thought was the primary reason why there was only one mm. person on the thing, because otherwise you've got then the moral implication of them, of them of killing people, people not on purpose, but that's yeah. too much to put on them. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's so basically when the station, they want to make sure when that station blows up, we don't feel bad about our protagonists. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've not actually killed anybody, yeah. Oh, and also, he was a bit of a dick, so it's okay, kind of, I think, logic. Well, he didn't get bit. killed in it, so you escape-podded it no, out, so... He escape-podded yeah. out, but, but you don't feel sorry for him that his station just got blown no, up. No, you don't, you're right. A bit of a, an ass. 
No. So we get a holodeck flashback then, Janeway, to Chakotay first going off on the mission and everything, and that just sort of reintroduces it and lets us know Janeway's still looking into it all. And I talked to Elliot about this the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still not clear on how... Does Janeway's ship have a protostar drive as well, then? Because no, she gets to the Delta drive. Quadrant really quickly. She's got slipstream. Right. And was ugly. I, I mean, that was an ugly ship. She's basically got the Prometheus from that we saw in Voyager that we know was an alien ship that got assimilated by the Borg. Right. Okay, so they've actually made a real one. Yeah. But then um, that raises but, the question but, of but why... I'm going to say, because um, we covered it in one of the time episodes, where they did make the slipstream drive for Voyager, mm. based on scans and everything that they've done. Yeah, they did. But I think that what they've done is Voyager has managed to do full scans, but... The actual structuring of Voyager couldn't work through slipstream. Right. And they've now built the Prometheus that works. And they know how the engine works. It didn't look like I remember the it didn't look like I remember the Prometheus looking. I remember that being quite slick. This looked a bit weird and ugly. It's a bit longated and a bit fatter and stuff. Gangly. But it Mm. is um, it is very similar to the shape of what Voyager saw, of how he projected it to be a Starfleet ship. But so well, I think they've used the Voyager scans to build a <clears throat> Prometheus-class ship, and for reasons, they've decided to give it the same name that the uh, alien give it. But then, if that's the case, and this technology is... This is my head <laughs> So yeah, yeah. No, why why do they not have this technology in Picard or in the future bits in Discovery then if this is so readily available? Well, I think that what you've got is the Protostar was an experimental ship and the Prometheus is also an experimental right, okay. ship. The one-off ships. Okay. And like, you have yeah, like a fleet that can go to Delta Quadrant. The protostar was... did it, and then the protostar did it, and then Kostikot has gone missing, and we're imagining that there's actually several, quite a few years past since Jacoti vanished. True. And Janeway spent her time between Jacoti vanishing in the protostar to now of having Voyager's records of the slipstream sh- ship built into a real working ship to go find him. I, I honestly, I think... Admiral Clout. Yeah? No, I think I can... what they're going to do is, I, I think they're going to basically, they, they are going to tell us basically what's happened with this ship and what its deal yeah, is. but this is my headcanon at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I get that. And, uh, and I, I think, think the headcanon fits. Yeah, I, I just, I think there's going to be some sort of reasoning around, there's usually an excuse of, scarcity of something they've got to use to power it or to like you know in discovery there's only one drive that does what they do and they can't replicate it the protostar is probably 
uh, powered by some form of actual collapsing star that they managed to capture. That yeah, seems exactly. to be like, the case. You can do it's the same thing with the... No, what, what I meant was it was uh, with the... There's going to uh, be a reason why you can't duplicate the slipstream drive readily. That's, yeah, that was my, my mm -hmm. kind of assumption as well. The other thing I'd like to address very quickly uh, around this scene, first time we've seen Jakote in many, many years, I, I know you guys have got your individual kind of problems with Jakote and with Voyager, but I just want to check, was it just me, or has his voice got 20% more sexy? Jakote's. I swear, it's got deeper, gruffer, gruffer. It's obviously him, but it just... I was getting 20% I think you more just sexy. like the fact of guy going spirit walking with him. <laughs> well, obviously, that's always a pleasure, but it's just, his voice has got deeper. It, it's yeah, I mean, so you know, he's 20 years older, so... No, just it, it's like, not like one of those voices never, which would be I've, great for audio books say, now. I've never considered Jakoti sexy, but if you consider Jakoti sexy, I, I have no problem with that. A lot of people did. Let After season one... He proved extremely popular with the ladies, which is why season two has so many Chakotay episodes. A, I'm not like a yeah, perfectly sexy man. My point was though, twenty percent more sexy. So it doesn't matter where you start. I'm saying twenty percent <laughs> more than whatever you felt before. I'm just saying if if wherever you were starting from, if he became yeah. twenty percent more sexy, all I'm gonna say is Janeway preferred the monkey. <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it's voice just, oh, hey. That's hey, another Jenny, episode for us. The only way I do it was if I could have you with me. We've covered that episode, I believe. Well, we can talk about it in When Trek Goes Wrong because that one is definitely worth a revisit. Um, I missed a deleted scene where Jeremy fucks a monkey. Well, it, it's, well, we it's implied. Because it's, a, because it's a PG episode, so you wouldn't see that. Because I may be asking, but you know I'm really only interested in the ghost-human thing. I just want to emphasise that. Well, that's that. it. That's it. Enough. We've got a lot of weird stuff to talk about. Um, so we do get an action scene at the end of the episode, though. But again, it ties it into character because you've got this thing of rock. And she's trying to work out what type of scientist she wants to be in. I love, like, the innocence of Rock, like, the fact where they go, well, what scientist do you want to be? Like, there's more than one type of science. Oh, yeah. that was so beautiful. I genuinely think these are the kind of characters who are going to inspire young people. Yeah. There's, you know, oh, so many yeah. instances of people saying they're inspired by Star Trek. When she said that, and it's like, I know it sounds really obvious to us, but Jesus, kids growing up don't know there's so many types of science and everything. That's opening their minds to the fact that they first of all told them that science is cool and why it's cool. Mm. And now they're going, hey, do you know there's loads of types of science? Like, loads of kids at home will be the same as Rock. Yeah, and, and no. There's loads of this. And this episode shows you as well, look, you can find out what you're interested in and what you're good at. Like, And so Rock does have a go at it and gets yeah. it nearly right, that she nearly gets them to the ship. Uh, but then it's like, oh, maybe that type of science isn't the one for me. But um, So I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, if she's going to explore yeah. different well, types well, of science. Know, she's going to be a science well, week, I like, I like that the thing. She's visualising the, yeah. the stuff that she... You can see that she does science, but she's maybe not quite right, accurate with that one. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I would I would love it if it was every week it was a different science she's trying. Yeah, to and it's like, oh, and then I'd eventually... Eventually, she'll find the right one, and it. it'll be it'll be the one that she she wants to go for. I'm there for that. And 
eventually then, so Gwyn, meanwhile, is getting drowned and manages to escape using Don't the... You think this is quite dark for a kid's thing? Yeah? That she's getting da- drowned? Because this is a kid's show, allegedly. Like, I'm loving... I'm loving the family show, I'd say. I'm loving Prodigy. I think it's a great show. But... This is meant to be a kid's show, and I can see how it's a kid's show in parts. Mm. But this way, Gwen is clearly drowning. Yeah. It's sort of like, that is really dark. It is. For me, they they need to stop calling it a kid's show and call it what it is, which is exactly what the original series was, a family show. It wasn't just for kids. It was for families to watch together. And when you've got parents watching with a young kid who might get worried about that, they can have a conversation. It can spark debate. It can spark them being aware of something which would be really difficult to explain to a kid of someone being in peril in that way. I think it's just wonderful, but they, they don't, I, yeah, it's a mistake to call it a kid's show. It's, yeah. it's as it's adult as the original show. series was. Yeah, I, I would agree. On that, 100%. And yeah. yeah, so Gwyn remembers and they now know that it's a weapon and you get that moment of, oh, well, I guess we're not going back to Starfleet. <laughs> Meanwhile, Janeway, real Janeway, finds the Diviner. Now, I'll admit here, they got me completely. I thought the Diviner's story arc were done at the end of the last half season. Yeah. Uh, But evidently not, as we find out uh, at the end of this episode and we expand upon next episode. But I was genuinely surprised. This ties into why don't we have slipstream drives in Picard, etc. Mm-hmm. Does the Diviner get the Prometheus? Maybe. Maybe, but surely they'd have the plans somewhere for it. Well, so just, just well, you think about discovery. Do again, if you're yeah. going to meet uh, aliens that are going to yeah, take maybe. it from you. Yeah, maybe or you just do it. another discovery where it gets ends up being destroyed with no one having super, any super, evidence Super, super, super classified. Yeah, exactly. Um, just before we finish talking about this episode, though, just to have a shout out for Jacob. I love when he finds out that his race was one of the founding members of Star Oh, yeah. How self important he gets through the rest of the episode. He is just so funny. It's a guy called Jason Manzoukas who plays him. Yeah. And he does a podcast. If anyone hasn't listened to it before, give it a, a go. There's, it's called uh, How Did This Get Made? And it's about oh, yeah, it's which, good. It's ridiculous. There's a great part with Jacob where he's there and they're getting the hot dogs. But then when the station starts to sort of go haywire and he's got the hot dog slightly toasted and starts throwing them and and he's there, unlimited food. (laughs) Yeah, this is a human delicacy, hot dogs. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and um, just a a fun fact, I'm sorry if I've mentioned this before on the show, but I mentioned Jason Manzoukas is on this, he's in How Did This Get Made? There's another guy on there who plays the um, engineer in Lower Decks. Mm. And the third host, uh, his name was also escaping me, she in Lower Decks, she's married to the guy who's the engineer, and she in Lower Decks was the uh, princess, I think, from the Sex Planet. Or what? So it's practically... I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, was, she was in one episode. So the whole of that podcast is in the Star it's Trek It's practically universe. a Star Trek podcast, so, Yeah. Just a little compact. So, the next episode, then... I'll um, be back in 30 seconds, guys. Okay. Uh, so, 
The next episode then, Let Sleeping Borg Lie. So we get the Borg again, which, yeah. again, for a allegedly children's show, the Borg are pretty scary. And I'm surprised yeah. that we brought them in as quickly as we did and didn't really didn't really turn them down for for a kid's show. No. Do you know what? The only bit which I thought was a little bit BS, the only thing which didn't feel like uh, to the canon of uh, the Borg, was even though they meant they have Janeway literally saying, it's like, if you don't look like a threat, they will ignore you. Mm-hmm. And they've got, when they're walking along, there's a Borg which looks back at them, just one Borg. Yeah, that was they, weird. If they're not meant to see you as the threat, they wouldn't look at you. In every other version, it's just they straight up ignore and walk past people. Yeah, like they do for the rest of this episode. We've never had that before, have we? Where, yeah, it's it's almost like it's looking at them suspiciously, and like you said, yeah. it's clearly there to raise the tension, but it, it makes no sense. It, no, it makes no sense whatsoever. So, yeah. I mean, you also throw in the the fact that um, I was going to say, oh yeah, I mean, it, it it does make sense. There's only if they weren't going to look back, it makes sense. There's only one Borg looking back because you only need one Borg to look Sorry back. About that mind. But okay. there is no reason why. Yeah, they he slows down and gives a look. That yeah, that was sense. a weird moment, but generally, I only mention it. I only mention it because everything else is perfect. Yeah, Borg. generally, I, I was think... just saying the bit where the one Borg looks back doesn't make any sense. But apart from that, it's flawless, Elliot, for the Borg. Yeah. And again, this seems to be a thing we're doing in Prodigy now because we start with one of these flashbacks, but it's not a flashback, it's actually a holodeck recreation. So we did that last episode with Janeway and we do it again here. Um, But it was nice to be reminded of what's going on and everything because I know it's only technically a mid-season break, but it feels like it was last season that we found out the Diviner's plan and everything. It feels like it was a year ago. That is kind of what it feels like. So I'm glad that we did this flashback holodeck thing and everything. And that leads to them searching the ship. And it turns out there's a secret sub deck that the evidently the diviners built. And that's got to be a good bit of software because it's got to have a holodeck Janeway reconfiguring everything in her head in the ship to believe there's either nothing there or yeah. you put some wiring or whatever. Yeah. That's got to really play about with her software yeah. engineering to recognise it. It reminded me a little bit of that Babylon 5 episode where they just discovered that there's a New hidden floor. level to the station that they didn't know about before. Yeah, yeah, I know it's the exact one. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I know what you mean as yeah. well. And the weapon, it turns out, is alive. And we, we get some quite cool effects, like where they try and phaser it and it, it moves to avoid it and everything. Um, so this is obviously going to be an ongoing thread of the show is, can we get rid of the weapon? And this episode, the so Borg, we apparently. Avoid, we need to avoid Star, Starfleet. Yeah. Because we've got this on board. And the Borg evidently think we can't get rid of the weapon, or that seems to be the Borg's conclusion at the end of this episode. But um, um, the, I do love the fact that the one moment they actually get you convinced that they might be able to do a deal with the Borg. Mm. That I thought was a really nice nice bit before the Borg you know, show their true colours, but it was just a nice moment where you, you start to question, 
is he actually going to get through to them? You know, yeah. because they can't assimilate him for whatever reason. Then you find out they can. Like, it, what I found interesting was, like, they, Dowell comes up with this theory of, well, hang on, if they can simulate things and maybe they can disable this weapon. And this shows that Hollow Janeway is not as close to real Janeway as we thought, because she's like, no, 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 you can't do deals with the bog. Wait, 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 wait. hang on a minute, Janeway. How many yeah. times did you do and something did you like this? Do a deal with the bog? Oh, can we also throw in? Sorry, it's, it's something I should have said with the Jakarta scene. Where you've got uh, Bridge Hologram Janeway, Admiral Janeway, with the when you know it's it's uh, Captain Jakarta or any Starfleet captain, what exact function do you think that hologram plays? Because yeah, okay, you can use it as a visor, but do you want to have someone who basically? Doesn't that rank you because they're a hologram, but doesn't rank because they're an admiral second guessing your decisions or like? Well, I don't do think Chicote did. I th- I, in my head canon because I don't like Chicote. Well, we He's... talked about. No, but like generally, let's talk about the function. Yeah. Of it. Take, we talked take about this in part one of season one, didn't we? That what we think's happened is Chicote was stuck. Under Janeway's thumb, and now he's become a captain. She sent her own hologram to keep. I, I know that. I phone. know that. But they've established that it isn't her who sent it. That they're fitted to these ships. They they basically they they don't quite say they're fitted to the ships, but it's heavily no, implied I, from the way they said. I think it's specific to this mission. I think Starfleet wanted Janeway because of a knowledge of the Delta Quadrant, and she said no. So they were like, our next best thing. Send Chicote oh, okay. with a hologram of Janeway. Oh, Janeway. I see that. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough then. But because otherwise, just having an admiral who outranks you, but is a hologram, yeah, would be very messy. If you're a captain on a ship, you'd feel so undermined by them. I think it's just, th- just this even. specifically, but got you. We, no, we think fair. it's just because it's Chicote. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, it makes sense. It would make sense to if yeah, it, on this one mission. A hologram can outrank you because she's the expert in the area. I'm and not sure if she'll outrank him in terms of making decisions on the ship, but I think it's they wanted Janeway's expertise there, and that's the next well, that best thing. My, that throws out my original thing then. Can I if just she's say just an advisory that... capacity, she shouldn't be on the bridge, she should be in his ready room or in the hologram. Mm, no, fair enough. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be undermined if they said something which just agreed with you in front of the crew. Or if you ignored their, their suggestion. We are talking about Jakotis, so I think it's right that he has someone there that can make better decisions. Look, we're taking your hate of Chakotay out of this. I right, said this it's, once. No, but oh. it's not just us that hates Chakotay. It's all no, of no. Starfleet. All I'm saying is that... <laughs> Jesus. This is brutal. Uh, but like, I, I just he meant, did yeah. betray Starfleet and joined the Marquis. And he was rubbish so at that. Send, they've had to send a superior officer hologram in case he fucks up again. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, okay, we'll let Chakoti pretend he's the captain, but really. And they probably sent an email out to the whole crew saying... If Chakotay gives you an order, just pretend you're going to but always check with Hologram Janeway just in case. <laughs> you guys are evil. I, I'm sitting there. <laughs> anyway, we don't know yet. Maybe we'll Can get the I answer. I just go back to something else you said, because I just want to say, like, you said that Hologram Janeway says 
that you can't negotiate with the Borg. And she's actually right because Janeway did try negotiating the Borg. She thought she'd made deals, but then they reneged on them. True, true. So she's right that you can't, under no circumstances, even when the Borg were facing their ultimate destruction and made a deal to save themselves, Mm -hmm. they reneged on the deal in the end and tried to assimilate them. That's true. I guess it's kind of like learn learn from my mistakes or... Even once yeah. Janeway kind of cheated so by it. So, mind you, she did cheat it in one episode because she managed to, in the last episode, she managed to sacrifice older her so young her could get home. Mm. Yeah, kind but of cheating it. again, it was that you can't actually make a, a real deal with the Bob. They will always renege yeah. on it and go against you. Like, we had it with Species, because the first, the first real time of a deal is in Scorpion. It's... Species 8472 are going to wipe out the Borg. Janeway works out how she can save them. All she wants is to get past their space. Safe passage. Nothing else and she'll give them this. They agree to it. As soon as they've done something to beat Species 8472, they're an egg on the deal like they'll assimilate That's them. fair point. So yeah. she's right that as hologram Janeway... She's right to say you cannot negotiate with the Borg. Yeah, it's a bit the do as I say, not as I do, because Janeway would have totally sneaked onto a Borg ship to try and find out the answer, but... Also, how much of, no, like, uh, Starfleet got in a previous hologram? Yeah. She's right. No, she is, yeah. Also, also this this uh, this hologram's been designed by Starfleet, so even though it's uh, got um, Janeway's uh, mind... You don't know how much they've tweaked it. They've gone like, oh, yeah, well, maybe de- dial down the bit of her that likes to do deals with the Borg. <laughs> yeah, calm her down a little bit. <laughs> and then real Janeway then's been told she has to drink tea instead of coffee, which I thought was a nice a nice little scene because she orders tea and you think, wait a minute, Janeway doesn't order yeah. tea. <laughs> and then oh, they do... You, it plays into the canon because uh, uh, when you get old Janeway... She said, she, I had to give up coffee because the doctors were advising it. Yeah. And then she has, I, like, oh, I, I don't actually, know why I gave this up. I can appreciate this because I've had, I had to cut out all sorts because I was borderline high, high blood pressure. But I didn't tell my doctor how much coffee I drink. <laughs> Elliot, I have made it very clear what my policy is on any more uh, members of this podcast dying for any period of time. Don't <laughs> do it. Did you learn nothing so, from James? To be fair, I don't drink as much coffee as I did. There you go, you see, he's learning. I made a point of not telling my, coffee, my doctor how much coffee I did drink at the time because I am not giving up coffee. Hmm. Well, you might have to like Janeway, but... Uh, so the main for five minutes for five hours. Don't do it. The main <laughs> thing that's going on with real Janeway then is with the diviner, and I like the way they're setting this up because he wakes up and he says they took my daughter, and so you, there's like dramatic irony to it because you can see yeah. that real Janeway's gonna sympathise with him and believe what he's saying because that's what Starfleet do. But also you've got this thing that we're going, no, 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 technically they did take his daughter, but that uh, he's the baddie, don't, don't fall yeah. for it. Yeah. 
So I'm enjoying all of that, and they're obviously going to play this out over numerous episodes. That's how the episode finishes, is the Diviner waking up. So that, you know, that's obviously going to be a thread, but I'm liking, even though we've had very minimal scenes of it so far. I did like, um, like to get the Diviner to wake up. It was Jensen who came up with the idea. Mm. And the doctor goes, oh, where to go to get yourself in motion? And I was thinking... No, it's no. Nelson coming up with great ideas and doing brilliantly. You have no chance of being promoted under Janeway. No, not with Janeway. <laughs> not a chance. Um, and, and I just wondered if, like, the doctor making this commentary, carry on for your promotion, Nelson, doing this. Yeah, it's maybe if a dig. If that was a dig at the whole Voyager. I, I did like the fact they had the... Um... The Diviner waking up, like, if, if they're going down the, the, the idea that uh, he's then going to charm them around and pretend like he's a victim and all that, yeah. fair enough. If they try to do him waking up and then going on the loose, if this is one of those episodes where all they had to do is basically be alerted when someone wakes up, why they don't build this into this technology around sick bay? Because every time the person wakes up and just goes on the wander and they yeah, can't find it's true. them, just, just add a little alarm to the fucking... And they've got access to every single computer system on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> From yeah. the first pad that they took. Why would you not have that just going to the doctor's communicator going, yeah, awake, 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 they fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't get out of bed in a real hospital without a nurse running up and going, nope, no. nope, nope. So, yeah. Unless you're looking for a nurse, girl. Yes, that's the, the other thing. Unless you're, yeah, being sick or something. Yes, I remember that when I was in hospital. It was the first time they had me eat solid food. And I've never been... All I had was, like, the tiniest little bit of omelette. But I've never been that sick in my life. And I'm pressing the nurse's button. And I'm like, can you please get me some... And yeah, that's the only time they don't turn up is when <laughs> when you actually need it. But when you said that, I just got the darkest joke. You go, it's like I remember when I was in the hospital. I just want to say, how you were asleep in a coma. Yeah, no, it was after that. <laughs> yeah, they left the dad for, so, for forty-five minutes yesterday. Did they? Yeah, and they left him for several hours when we were in A and E when he asked for some. Oh, yeah. oh god, yeah, and with my dad when he was uh, again, this sounds pretty dark, but it was when he was in hospital with cancer, which sadly took him. But uh, it's when he fell asleep, and they they will go by and they'll kind of uh, all hours and sort of like go go by your bed and wake you up for something or other. Yeah, but they didn't want to wake him up to offer him meds, and he's going. <laughs> You can wake me up for that. It's okay. Yeah, like, that's they, when they think it. They wrote it down as did uh, refused or you know declined. Yeah. As, instead of waking up because it's like oh well we can't ask him. But it's like, like yeah, yeah, but you'll wake me up to do a blood to check my blood pressure for the nineteenth time. Anyway, we, yeah, we, we digress. So back to the episode. Then the main thing really is this: they need someone to speak to the collective, and zero volunteers for it. And you get this lovely sort of trippy kind of mindscape of zero floating around and visually yeah, represents it as the bog sort of enveloping them and then being cast off and everything i really like the how they've approached it visually i love the fact they melded it in as well with the whole thing of him kind of trying to strive for his identity because it's like mm. you know and the guilt of having hit caused all that harm when he wasn't himself so it's almost like they played on that guilt to take over his mind 
and it's when his friends bring him back. Like, uh, I think that was a kind of just beautiful, very Star Trek kind of moment. Yeah, and that, like, we talked at the start about how there was the weird Borg who looked back at them, and that was a bit sort of out of place. And I think if we're being hyper, hyper picky... Um, we, we've seen that pre- previously. Well, just... Look at them and then... No, no. But it, it's not a look back at them. It's kind of like moving around them almost then. Uh, or anything mm. I'm thinking of. I can't think of a, a direct example of when they walk past and just had a look back at them to check. That goes against them ignoring them when they're not a threat. Mm. Yeah. It's like usually if they look at them, it's almost like, oh, I've got to walk around you. It's like yeah. you're a pillar. Mind you, I wonder if this is something to do with the pathogen that's attacked the bog on this ship. It could be, yeah, because they do it sort of say... Where they weren't connected at first, were they? No, that's it. I mean, I do. would say that... I was just going to say, with Prodigy, as with Lower Decks, they are very clever. You know, sometimes I like it when they set something up that you think is a flaw, <laughs> and it turns out they've thought it through. Yeah. But, yeah, if, they, if there's a plan with that, fair enough. But if not, it doesn't make any sense to the Borg. What I was going to say about Zero is that maybe this is a concession to it being a 25-minute animated show rather than a 45-minute live-action show. Uh, maybe it's a concession to it being skewed to a slightly younger audience, but... Zero sort of getting assimilated, fighting out of the assimilation. I feel like that's very condensed compared to how we've seen that kind of thing happen in the past. Mind you, we've never had something We've also never had it when it's an episode where it says, sorry, species, uh, like the Medusan. Yeah, well, that's it. That's a unique makeup. So you can kind of play around with the fact that... Yeah, you can. You can break the programming quicker. Yeah, you can headcanon it and say, you know, they weren't fully assimilated and... Well, go canon it. You can whack that into the show, you know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't actually in, implanted with nanoprobes. No, like true. Normally. It was sort of like actually, subconscious within the computer that they were... That's tapping. a really good point. Yeah, that was that's... my other... Sorry, I, did, I forgot that was my other problem as well with the way the Borg were. Why they take them away to be strapped to a machine to then be assimilated by their mate. Like, it, why didn't they just do the nanoprobes like they do now? I don't think they could. Maybe with a, a magician. No, no, not with a magician, sorry, with the rest of the crew. As yeah. opposed to just assimilating them straight away with nanobots, they take them away to be assimilated, which has been because long since... Because if they'd have just done the nanotubules thing... That would have been the end of the episode. Because yeah, no, exactly. But because in, in episode, the Borg have been attacked by a pathogen that has rendered them inert, and they're just coming round, and their individual tubules aren't working. So they there we take go. Them to work ah, Elliot, I think your head actually chamber. expanded with that head cannon as you were saying it. I think it just grew <laughs> three times, three sizes that day. Like the Grinch, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there are these things that if oh, we're being Karen is wonderful, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, there are these things that if we're being hyper picky, we can pick up. But like, let's I mean, I, I think that was like, head uh, personalized rocket launcher. Like, <laughs> we've got to look at Prodigy that it fits in the Star Trek universe. It's a shorter show. It's aimed at a younger audience, so you're not going to get some of the. Things that you get yeah. in a normal episode. 
No, I agree. It needs targeting that it's a family show, not and like to be fair, the reviews of it and people watch it as a family with the kids. Yes. Yeah. All, all I'm, all it, needs, I'm it needs to be advertised that it's a family show, not I, a children's show. All I'd add to that is that I think that uh, all I want is one of those like one great one line explanations they just yeah. throw in like oh the ship was so uh, low in power that's why it wasn't such a threat that's why <laughs> they couldn't use their nanotubes because that was affected they by couldn't use the nanotubes yeah. because of the being hit by the pathogen and the work working great. throw that line in I just want to like they yeah that's so it that's what I mean. You could do it in three seconds. We can have headcanon these things sometimes so easily. You'd think the writers could throw in a line for the... Because I know it's aimed at kids, mainly, you know, even though it's a family show. But they know there's going to be nerds watching. Like, yeah, like absolutely. Maybe it's because, it, yeah. you know, they, they're they aware of how many Star Trek podcasts there are. And they're just like, we've got to give them something. We can't just make a great episode <laughs> with no like problems that. because that is an awesome head cannon. Yeah, it's Let's... come on. These poor guys that are going to be on really there just saying the Borg are great. Really consistent presentation of the Borg, and that's it. We've only we can only talk about the episode for five minutes. So they're, they're doing they're, they're throwing they're... us a bone. That that Captain James, he seems quite affable, but that fucking Squeen Elliot, the for Christ's sake, just <laughs> shut him up, just. You know. <laughs> Just throw it out there. That'll keep them busy. But yeah, so the the episode ends then. The Borg think that the weapon can't be removed or disabled, so which is a bit disheartening. But look, at the end of the day, the Borg are not the only technologically advanced species in the world, and we've got the this Diviner away. Two of part two. Yeah, also, the Diviner's back, and he his species made it, so. They could I'd still also be hurt. As well, I would suggest as well the fact that the Borg. I, I'm trying to remember exactly how they're wording it, but I don't think they worded it that they out and out can remove. It's just like, oh, it, it would be difficult to remove, so we'll just assimilate. Yeah, that's yeah. They go through is to assimilate them. I think they're being too lazy. I'm, I, I think they could think of a solution, but they're not invested to because their solution is just. just and we we've already well, had that. Why would why would we have more to yeah. the point? Why would we have a secondary approach? Assimilating is always our approach. We'll do that, and then yeah. we'll just have it. And the other yeah. thing is, oh. we've we've had it established in previous episodes that the Borg are extremely powerful, but they only learn by assimilation. They, they, they're not creative. They're, so if it is a yeah. problem they've not encountered before, there's no reason to think they would be able to solve it. But, but like I say, from, from the Borg's point of view, and we know the Borg uh, untrustworthy, from the Borg's point of view, this is a weapon that is destroying a major fawn in an mm. enemy in their side that they've been unable to assimilate, which is the Federation. Yeah, true. I, I don't but think they ever want that. to disable it. I genuinely well, oh, yeah, that's true. From that point of view, look, we can't disable it means we can't disable it because we want it. Well, I, I think it's, I think, yeah, it's more to, I think it's a mixture of what I said and what you've said. So it's basically, 
why would we destroy it? We'll assimilate them. We'll have that weapon. We'll use it against the Federation. Then yeah. just assimilate their asses. It's yeah. it's always an assimilate Ponzi scheme of some description in there. Yeah. Yeah. But as I said earlier, the board room trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, well. That's true. Yes, I, they I are. also love the fact that that, that, that our, our beloved captain here also goes in going like, uh, um, you know, phase them, go on, shoot. And it's like, ha they're going to be easy to destroy. Tries to phase her a second time and they've adapted. Yeah. The, the... Delicious. Yeah. I love that when they show hubris amongst these guys, because it's like, it is such a heartfelt episode for how much they're yeah. a plucky young crew of rebels, people who are the outcasts and everything, and they've come together as a group. Beautiful. And... But to show them being a bit numpty every now and again. Is yeah, also exactly. And I loved like... the... Sorry, Anne. I was about to say, this, this show, if you remember, before we saw any of it, was sold to us as a bunch of kids on a Starfleet vessel, but not within Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're getting to that. that yeah, the yeah. Cat, and we're establishing why the cat be part of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think the the magic act of uh, having oh. what feels like the most Starfleet crew, perhaps of any Star Trek show, like certainly up there with any yeah. of them, are non-Starfleet. That's just something so beautiful. Yeah. It's like they, 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 they live the Starfleet. One, they don't have to have their pips to become Starfleet yeah. because they're, the it's one, in the hearts. They want to be Starfleet. Yeah. And even if they're not part of Starfleet, like how the episode... How the Asylum episode starts, they're doing a Starfleet mission and they're yeah. not trying not to break the Prime Directive yeah. to save this. Oh, can I also throw out that it's, it's, the, um, it's the opposite of the bad rule. So the bad rule is someone who's in Starfleet who is not yeah. Starfleet because they're yeah. an arsehole. They don't live by any of the principles. So the good men not, not Starfleet, I don't know what the term is, but... They they wouldn't they never had any commission and they're living by every principle yeah. of Starfleet because yeah. they believe in it. And it is it's a, beautiful. Like you but you're right what you were saying. This is it's a Starfleet, a proper Starfleet crew, Starfleet show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so Star Trek. It's lovely. You know, it even more so I would say actually than uh, probably as much as I loved Strange New Worlds. Somehow this this kind of beats it in its own game in a way. Just like that, that's a lovely show. But it's like but, it's just the whole idea of how they uh, they are so hopeful through the fact yeah. that these guys are just considered nothing by the universe and they're everything. There's an they're earnestness to it that, yeah. and I think that the fact that they are young people brings that across. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I remember being the kind of like uh, like you know somebody mentioned like the theme I repeat a lot on the show but i think when you got bullied at school i think that a lot of people a lot of people who are star trek fans i think come from being the outcast come from being a bit discarded by society mm-hmm. for one reason or another and then they see this show which has got such hope and such kind of family and such you know as long as you're working towards good you're all right by our book you you can be a member of our little club exactly here. and I, I so so they basically just made the crew us yeah <laughs> I which is great yeah. So I think that's a good note to end on for this week. Um, we will be back, as I said, to cover the next episode of Prodigy in our normal time slot, but that'll be uh, a week on Wednesday. In the meantime, as we said, and we will we try... We will be continuing our... 
Dominion War. Our Dominion War at the same time because we don't do tie-ins with Prodigy. Yeah, unless it's a really, unless there's something really glaring and we have to do it. But um, but yeah, Generally, Dominion. We will be. I can't remember where we're up to in Dominion. No, I can't War. either. Early season four, mid-season four. We just done Homefront <laughs> yeah, and Paradise we're, we're, Lost. We're certainly getting towards the action now. It's, it's really quite. It's, it yeah. was hotting up before we were. So we'll be back <laughs> doing that. You may get a bonus episode dropped in the feed in the meantime, and if you we do may, happen, we, we may manage to record our live show next Saturday. Yeah. So if you do manage to go to the Sci-Fi Weekender, come and join us for When Trek Goes Wrong. That's going to be at half three in the time space part. part. Space part, sorry. Space, space, space part. part. If you're not going to the Sci-Fi Weekender, none of that will have made sense to you, but don't worry about it. And you can reach us on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anywhere you like. Just search for Retrek. Dr. Squee, what have you got going on? Well, sort of. Seeing as uh, we're going towards Saturday <sighs> weekend, uh, we're having a nice like Star Trek weekend or you know, week ahead of us. Uh, on Tuesday, I will drop my interview with the... Um, I. I'm going to forget his name right now. There was a, a wonderful guy who did props for Star Trek who I spoke to. Michael Ma. Uh, was it Michael Ma? He he didn't show up, actually. Oh. I, he, he got a mix-up of time, so I'm going to go chat to him another time. It was the other Star Trek guy I spoke to whose name is escaping me right now. Which we'll I know dub it over, it'll go. Over. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the, the lovely guy I spoke to was very nice. He spoke about uh, doing the visuals for uh, Star Trek for uh, all the series, basically. Excellent. Next Generation, so uh, yeah, that'll be great. Such. And the movies. So check all of that out, and thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrek. Maximum Walkman.